Welcome to the Terrible Podcast with your host from SteelersDepot.com, where you can find all your latest and greatest Steelers news. It's Dave Bryan and Alex Kazora, always lit, talking Steelers. And now, here's Dave and Alex. Welcome to the Terrible Podcast, Season 14, Episode 16. He's Dave Bryan. I'm Alex Kazora, SteelersDepot.com. Thanks for being back with us here this Wednesday, Steelers Nation. And Dave, let's just dive right on in. We have so much to talk about today. Roster, trade, signings that just occurred earlier on Wednesday morning. A million things to discuss. I know how you're doing. We're doing well. We're excited. It's uh, It's going to be a crazy day. Yeah, look, I mean, I don't <laughs> somebody somebody pinches at this point the way once again, you know, it's we we've been talking about all off season. Yeah, you know, the way this thing has been. Uh boy, they gave the Steelers a good script, man. Uh <laughs> this is uh this is gonna be fun to uh uh to fun fun to watch out. And you know, you 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 we're obviously gonna recap all the excitement that uh happened. I mean Yesterday and then already into this morning, it's going to be a busy day uh, on top of it. I would expect probably another deal later on today. They're going to build, uh, I don't know if they'll have all 16 uh, names of the practice squad in today, but a good a good bunch of those. So uh, uh, let's get after it. Where to begin? I'm not even sure where to start, honestly, with all, with all the news coming in. Do you want to just kind of start with the most immediate news that occurred? According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport, the Steelers are signing defensive back Desmond King to a one-year deal, the latter piece of information that comes from Aaron Wilson. So we talked yesterday, the initial 53-man roster is just that. It's initial. There's two punters. Now King's going to be in the mix, so you're going to see a lot more movement in terms of that 53 from now throughout probably today and, and maybe into tomorrow as well. So that's the most recent move, Desmond King getting added to the secondary. Yeah, and uh, there's there's links to the Steelers in this guy, right, going back? Yeah, uh, when he came out of Iowa, Pittsburgh had a lot of interest in, shout, excuse me, shout out to our Joe Clark for calling this one in his article yesterday about six outside free agents that could be signed. He had King as part of that list. And so, excuse me, I got something in my throat here, but um, yeah, he's a guy that can play inside, play outside and brings a lot of experience to this team. Yeah. And uh, going to be interesting to see what the reciprocal uh, move of that is, but uh, you do uh, obviously have uh, two punters on the roster at this time. Uh, this defense Look, we we talked about it, right? If if there was any place uh, that 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 they could potentially add, it would probably be uh, a corner and and possibly a a, a slot, you know, a nickel uh, defender at that. Uh, even though I gotta admit, you know, like what I saw out of uh, Elijah Riley and Shandon uh, Sullivan uh, during the preseason there. So uh, this is a defense that's that already looked good uh, prior to adding Desmond King. And looks 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 even better now. I, I I think at this point. So this is a deep. This is going to be a tough. You know, if, if these guys stay healthy and all and communicate. You know, I think Mike Tomlin even said recently, uh, once again, uh, in 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 an interview with Rich Eyes, and that you know, really really the the biggest thing here is is communication with this unit on the defensive side of football, and specifically at home. Because you know the you know the crowd noise and mm-hmm. and and all like that, 
Uh, but you do have a lot of guys that, you know, as, as Mike Tom would say, that that have played a lot of NFL ball. Uh, you obviously, you know, a couple of those guys have you know, previously had played together and all as well too. So the quicker that this defense can come together, uh, especially with you know with the addition, you know, someone like King on top of it now, trying to get him on the moving train. This this could be a unit be tough to score on, Alex. But that front seven, especially, and as you always say, rushing coverage going together. You know, when I talked a couple of podcasts ago about, you know, where are you most confident and least confident in this team? I said, if there's one area you're still not 100% confident in, have some question marks in, it's the secondary just overall. And not that Desmond King alone is going to solve all those, all those things to take you from less confident to, to most confident, but he's going to help. And he's a guy, like I said, that can play slot and play outside. And so exactly what his role, his fit is, I'm not quite sure yet, but there's some options there. There's some depth. There's some versatility. We'll probably get the answers by the time we listen back to this podcast, but I guess the next question becomes, whose spot did he just take? I know there's two punters right now. There won't be two punters for much longer, and so in theory, you could go seven corners and just, you know, once you get rid of a punter, but if we assume they only carry six corners and they got six before the King signing, who's out? Oh, another thing about him too. Forget that uh, this is a guy that's uh, you know a fairly experienced punt returner and has returned a few kickoffs as well too. And yeah, Mike Tomlin doesn't care about it. He hasn't played defensively. <laughs> <laughs> he ain't doing that unless he's gonna have another. Uh, who was the uh, old pal? Uh, Alan uh, Awesome. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, but you're right. You know, you wouldn't let uh, uh, Cameron Sutton. Uh, mm-hmm. t- touch the football. So uh, uh, why? But yeah, you know, once again, if you got in a situation sure. where, you, where, where you needed to, he does have the experience uh, in, sure. in, in 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 doing that. Uh, who's out? I mean, that's a good question. Yeah, I, I don't think at, at Desmond King's age, did he even play any in any Gunner or anything like that uh, this past season? I, I, uh, with, with with Houston, I don't think so. I don't know. It might be a guy like Chandon Sullivan, uh, Alex, uh, that, that, that might end up being the guy if they, if they go one, you know, it's either going to be, I think James Pierre or, or a guy like Chandon Sullivan. So you think Elijah Riley's safe? Man, he's a good special teams player and can play, obviously can play some safety and, Mm -hmm. you know, obviously look, this 53 is already not the same 53, right? So how, mm-hmm. how, how many more changes are going to be made between now and week one uh, there? But, I mean, Elijah Riley is so versatile and, and, and is a very good special teams player. So I would tend to view him a little more safe than a guy like Sullivan. I think you're right about that. So it may come down to Pierre versus Sullivan, and I really don't know which way it would go, to be honest with you. I mean, I mentioned Pierre is a guy that I – thought would make the initial 53 but they would look to potentially replace and that could happen with king but it does feel king's a bit more of an inside guy than maybe an outside guy and as you said doesn't maybe have that special teams value that pierre does offer so if i had to guess even though i said what i said about pierre just based on the signing i would lean sullivan but i really don't know for sure and obviously we should get our answer i think relatively soon and look, I mean, once again, I mean, you, 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 you could still shuffle this roster with, you know, somebody else as a gunner here. Uh, I, I don't think they'd bring Des Fitzpatrick back, back around, you know, after waving him to the 53 at this point here. But uh, that would be at least from where we sit 
this hour. <laughs> yeah, that's that's basically how the podcast goes. This hour. Uh, I, I I would think that maybe Chandon Sullivan, uh, it, it, you know, would be the odd man out. But once again, uh, the only the only real value that James Pierre brings you is is on special teams as you know a gunner and a vice. He's damn good at it. But uh, is is that enough? Yeah. Um, and King has played on the outside too, so he's not obviously just a slot guy. So it really could go either way. I, I don't know what the team's feeling is. I think Sullivan had a good camp. I think Riley had a good camp as well. But Sullivan, you know, long term, his reputation is not that great. He was considered one of the worst cornerbacks in football last year. So does that one year signing override, you know, his kind of whole career and just a good summer override that? We'll just have to wait and see. It's just obviously the uh, the bottom line here. Might you be able to turn around and trace Shandon Sullivan yeah. today for a seventh round pick or something? You know, I don't know yeah. what what after what, Omar Khan's right. Yeah, you're what, right. What what you know, after what Omar Khan pulled off on uh, on 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 Tuesday there? Uh, never say never. Well, let's talk about that aspect of it. We'll talk about King Moore. We'll have a film room for more Josh Carney up on him uh, either later Wednesday or sometime on Thursday. The other trade, or not, I shouldn't say the other trade, one trade that happened yesterday as Pittsburgh began whittling their way down to their 53-man roster was they got a pick for Kendrick Green, a 2025 six-round pick, Kendrick Green, going to the Houston Texans. And so his time in Pittsburgh has ended. His time in Houston has begun. How surprised are you that the con got something for Kendrick Green? I had to check that tweet like 14 times to make sure it was it was not fake Adam Schefter or whatever. Not a fake one. Look, if it would have came across they got a bag of footballs for him, I would have uh uh I, I, I think there would have been uh cause for some if you would have told me they swapped sevenths uh in in two thousand and thirty two uh, I, I would have said kudos, you know, but, uh, to, to, to get a, uh, six round pick in 2025, uh, for a guy that I think we both agreed, uh, probably had played his last, last down on the 53 man roster for the, for the Steelers there. Uh, I mean, hat, you know, as, as Heinz Ward would say, you got to take your hat off and hand it to Omar Khan once again. So, uh, I think Nick, Nick Casario, <laughs> I, I don't know what kind of magic beans he, he, uh, uh, Omar, you know, showed him, you know, in, in the trade talk there, uh, maybe Nick, Nick Casario still thinks, uh, Kendrick Green six, four, uh, <laughs> on top of when he gets off that plane in Houston, Nick's probably going to call Omar wanting the rest of them. Uh, shipped <laughs> over, shipped, shipped over there. Uh, look, uh, uh, wish nothing but the best for, for, for Kendrick green. But I mean, sure. I think we saw early on, uh, in his rookie season, how this thing was going with him. I know you and I had our questions about him. Look, I, I didn't even have him as a, uh, quote unquote center option, uh, for the Steelers in that draft. Uh, you've written and talked several times about, Man, you know uh, what? 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 You know what did the Steelers really? Th- did they really think they were uh, helping Kendrick Green along? And then you fast forward into last year, and the guy couldn't even get a helmet. Uh, you had guys like Jesse Davis and Jesse uh, J.C. Hassenauer, uh obviously getting helmets over him there. I think you know that played a big part into uh, uh, me thinking 
that he was going to be on the out this year, regardless of what happened in preseason. Uh, you get into that preseason finale, and yeah, you know, I almost wonder at this point, did the Texans call ahead and say, hey, can you give this guy some right guard snaps so he can, because, you know, he had, a, 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 I think, a little bit of left guard, obviously, uh, on, on tape there, and obviously a lot of center. I don't think not so much at, at the right guard spot there. Uh, the Texans were obviously you know, had their injury issues and the stuff that they're going through uh, this offseason on the offensive line. I wouldn't be surprised if they are the ones that said, hey, if you get a chance, can you play him at, at, at right guard for 15, 16, 18, 19 snaps so we can uh, take a look at that. I, I did think Green for, the, for in those limited snaps you know, represent himself okay uh, in there. And then, you know, fast forward to yesterday and I, I did – I didn't see. I saw Green being cut. I didn't see yeah. Green being traded for a uh, uh, 2025 six-round draft pick. So uh, another feather in Omar Khan's cap. I think it went the other way. I think this thing happened last second. And Jonathan Hightrader wrote a really good article yesterday outlining probably some of the reasons why Houston was interested in, in trading for him. And, and the reason I think that centered around that was they got a bunch of O-linemen hurt. And I guess their preseason finale in Kenyon Green, their former first-round pick who's going on IR, his season is over. And they lost their center, Juice Scruggs, to, I believe, a hamstring injury for the next two to four weeks. And so they really kind of lost and some other injuries as well. And they lost Scott Quisenberry back in earlier in the summer. And so I think they lost a lot of guys in that interior offensive line. And, when and they you lose cut those your boy guys, Jimmy Morrissey. Too. Yeah, <laughs> right. Could that be a swap? Could somehow Morrissey come to Pittsburgh and Green go to Houston? We'll have to, to wait and see. So I think when you have injuries last second, you get desperate and you start making some moves maybe you didn't anticipate making. And I think Con was able to leverage that to trade Kendrick Green, who I think will be a better scheme fit in Houston. It sounds like they run a bit more of an outside zone. Uh, system. I think Pittsburgh has actually run some more outside zone this year, but I think overall Green was not a great scheme fit for Pittsburgh, who have been running kind of more, uh, you know, gap man uh, blocking schemes over the last couple of seasons. So that could be a better fit. But I just think, you know, offensive line scarcity, you get somebody that does have some experience, although that quality of play has been really poor. But when you suffer a bunch of injuries, you start looking to to make some moves. I just am really surprised because. Houston is second in the waiver claim order. So you don't have to trade for this guy. They're going to, he's going to be cut in five seconds. So either another team was also interested in trading for Kendrick green or Omar Khan had the best bluff of all time and sold that story to Houston. Cause there was no reason to, uh, to, to trade for him if he was going to get cut. Cause as long as I think it's either what Chicago, Carolina first in the waiver order, as long as they didn't claim green and they weren't, you could have them. So I'm not sure what the reason was for Houston to, to make this straight, but they did. Uh, I do have one issue with this uh, trade to Houston, though. Uh, okay. It's the fact that I, I feel like this could cause some some uh, animosity and 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 dissension uh, with the Steelers here. Uh, I think that if you get into Week Four here in this game against the Texans and Kendrick Green plays, I think you could have some infighting between Cam Hayward and, and Larry Ogunjobi as to which one of them gets to wear him as a hat. There's the punchline. I knew that was going somewhere funny. <laughs> nah, that's, uh, that's, that's, that's wrong. But uh, <laughs> uh, it will be interesting uh, when, when they get to week four due, due to the health of that team to see who has to start. And, man, if, if Kendrick Green has to, has to start on that line, 
uh, it, 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 it might not be pretty. Yeah, we'll have to wait and see. I have no idea what it's was that. Was that wrong of me to go there? <laughs> well, <laughs> I had two things set up uh, this morning: the 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 six four comet and uh, uh, the, uh, the 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 Larry Ogan Joby Cam Hayward uh, 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 punchline there. But anyway, working on your type five yeah. Kendrick Green jokes over there. I'll I'll, um, I'll, I'll be down at the. Uh, be down at the MGM Grand doing a full, uh, <laughs> full, full, full show uh, this weekend here. Uh, tip your yeah. waitress. Yeah, and how about the show Omar Khan has put on? The trade Kevin Dotson, the trade Kendrick Green. It's nice to be on the other end as opposed to giving away, you know, day three picks to acquire some kind of lower level talent to, to deal those guys to have the depth, to have the surplus. And again, because teams are always in demand of offense alignment, even guys that aren't that great overall, just because of the scarcity of the position to get some experienced guys. That creates some value. So, I mean, when was the last time Pittsburgh had this kind of surplus up front? It's been a long time, and it kind of speaks to the transformation of this offensive line where, you know, two years ago, you're starting Kendrick Green. You're starting a rookie in Dan Moore. You're signing Trey Turner last second to play right guard for you. You have Kevin Dotts at a left guard, and this line has been completely overhauled, and this is kind of really speaking to that. Right, Exactly. So that is the deal. Wish Kendrick Green. Well, I do think he'll have a better chance in Houston because of the scheme fit and just taking some of the pressure off. You're no longer Kendrick Green, the failed third round pick, the butt of the joke who gets every mistake is magnified tenfold. This is not to absolve Green. He's not the player Pittsburgh thought he was. He struggles with his technique and the size limitations and probably will never be a starter in the NFL. But I just think it was such an awkward and poor fit. And he got thrown into the fire that kind of wrecked him early and just you know could not recover from that. Look, uh, he is. Uh, at least he gets, uh, you know, a fresh start. You know, a la, a la Kevin Dotson. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the the thing everyone needed was a fresh start for Green to have a fresh start and for Pittsburgh to move on. And I'm glad that Omar Khan didn't keep him out of the sake of he's the draft pick and we invested in in him. Although obviously Khan did not actually draft Kendrick Green, but to keep you know some better players instead of Green, that was obviously good to see. Right. Right. All right, Dave, let's react to the actual initial 53-man roster. And again, with the Desmond King signing, this thing's going to change. With the two punters, it's going to change. With whatever else may happen, um, it's going to change. But let's talk the initial 53 and go through things position group by position group. And I want to get your reaction to it. So we'll start here with the quarterbacks. This should not change. And if it does, it'll be a heck of a story to talk about. The three being kept are Kenny Pickett, Mitch Trubisky, and Mason Rudolph. Yeah, no, you know, obviously no surprises there. I mean, that's that that's the way you know we thought this was going to go. Uh, uh, once once Mason uh, came back uh, during the offseason there, right? And then running back Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, and Anthony McFarland making it. I, I assume he's going to stick here. I don't think they're going to actually end up replacing him. He should be the starting kick returner, and he did enough in the preseason, especially in the finale against Atlanta, that his spot to begin the year should be secure. Yeah, good, good on him, right? You know, we've uh, uh, look go back to my first uh, roster prediction of the off season. There uh, had uh, I think who was it? Darius Hagens, I think, mm-hmm. in, in, in there as the third running back uh, because of kind of the things that transpired last year and worried about uh, Anthony McFarland and his special teams ability. But uh, he had a fantastic summer and. You know, obviously, in 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 both of our final fifty-three man. I mean, how how could you not? Unless it came from the outside, uh, it was going to be him. So, you know, obviously, things can 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 change here in the next 
you know, uh, uh, before week one, but I have a feeling that he, 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 he probably slept pretty good last night, I think. And that's probably the first time he slept well around cutdowns in a long, long time. So kudos to him. All right, tight end. And Dave, you get to take a victory lap here. You had Zach Gentry off your roster, and he was released by the Steelers. And although he could come back, I'm not getting the signs and indications that he is going to come back, but we'll have to wait and see. But the three that were actually kept at Firemuth, Darno Washington, and Connor Hayward. So three tight ends slash fullbacks being kept as opposed to the four. They typically have Gentry on the outs. Why do you think Gentry got, got the axe there, Dave? Well, a we'll have to see if the, if there's any kind of circle back here. Uh, it, it it it's usually it's it's not over until it's over. Uh, sometimes, but uh, the way this kind of already with the uh, with with the Desmond King edition, it doesn't it doesn't feel like he's going to be back. And yeah, when uh, Pat Frymuth says goodbye, I'll miss you. Right. It doesn't sound like someone right. told him that Gentry's going to come back. Look, this goes back to the offseason, even when. You know, he re-signed. Uh, I stated that I, I didn't think he was necessarily uh, the safest guy that somebody should be penciling uh, in there. And then you get you obviously fast forward you know, in into the draft and and getting a young tight end in Washington. Uh, I thought there could be potentially a meeting with the Bobs, if you will, along this way. Now, look, it wouldn't have surprised me as you get to the end of this thing here uh, if he. If he would have, you know, or even still to this point, you know, the next 48 hours is going to be interesting anyway here, but he's, he never developed, you know, in fact, I think he regressed maybe even a little bit as a blocker uh, last mm-hmm. season there. Uh, special teams abilities never been there. Uh, I just, you know, what, what do you do here? Zach, Zach Gentry, you know, if he had been a better special teams player, that would have helped us cause if he had been a little bit better, uh, 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 run blocker last year, I think that, that, that could have kept, helped us cause there. It's not like he was overly expensive because they got him on a video, you know, one of those, uh, uh, benefit contracts there. But, uh, I, I wondered right from the get go, once he was re-signed, if he was going to be safe and now look, inevitably I thought that that spot would go to, uh, Rodney Williams because I thought Rodney Williams had a great, uh, you know, great summer. I thought special teams wise, uh, he really showed up during the preseason there. They instead obviously decided to go with, uh, you know, uh, 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 I guess you, Gunner. Well, yeah. Huh? With Gunner, yeah, is that what you're yeah well, with Gunner too, and and Gunner was another guy at the wide receiver position. I struggled with there in those final two predictions. Mm-hmm. Do I want him on? Do I want him off? That kind of thing there. But uh, you know, and they you know call 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 Connor Hayward whatever you want to call him. You know, flex whatever. Uh, they were there. They were obviously comfortable enough to go with with Washington. Uh, uh, Fryermuth and 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 Connor Hayward in that room there. But uh, long story short, I, I'm not shocked that he's off the roster. Yeah, I'm not shocked either. I mean, to me, it was like Gentry was the 53rd player on my roster, and Olszewski was number 54. And I I just thought with Gentry because there is the size and the blocking ability. And you're right, I, I do think he regressed. I think he was a better blocker two years ago than he was in 2022. But just to have that in case something happened with Darnell Washington, because Connor Haywood, obviously, is not going to be that inline Y type of blocker. So you want that backup plan because you want to be a run heavy 
type of team. And Pat Frymuth is an average at best type of blocker. And so you just want to have that guy that has some size to you know, block some base four, three ends. So that was my calculation, but obviously Pittsburgh's going to, going to kind of roll the dice here. Right. And Gentry was not going to be active on game day. And you said, as you said, no special teams value essentially. And so that, that hurt, certainly hurts his cause. So those are the three. We assume, I assume they're going to try to get Rodney Williams to the practice squad, maybe sign somebody else. And Noah Gindorf, they worked out who's that big body blocker type as kind of an insurance policy. If something happens to Thornell Washington, but, Speaking of wide receivers, they kept six, the five we expected, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin, Miles Boykin, and Gunnar Olszewski. So the question kind of becomes, okay, what exactly is Olszewski's role? I assume inactive to start, but I bet his versatility and just wearing more hats may have given him the the edge over keeping somebody like a Zach Gentry. Uh, with uh, Gunnar, yeah. Yeah. Uh... Mm-hmm. They they just obviously and, and look they did this last year right uh, with 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 the six wide receivers uh, probably one of those guys m- more than likely Gunner uh, going to be inactive there I, I did struggle with this uh, wondering if they'd go six or five here and they obviously went six I think maybe one thought they had Miles Boykin is really not much of a receiver and so if you only kept five you kind of only had four wide receivers and not the gunner is some sort of amazing you know antonio brown like a like a dude um but because he can play in the slot and he's a bit more of an actual wide receiver than miles boykin who's really here for special teams that maybe pittsburgh wanted to go six because of that and Olszewski can be a backup return guy something happens to mcfarland or austin or in the slot somebody goes down he can kind of plug a lot of gaps and so i and, and, he, and he had a good summer and, and the team likes him and, and kenny pickett likes him and so you combine all that, you can certainly see the reason why he was kept. If I went to watch that special teams tape <laughs> the other day and watch him on that opening kickoff, I probably would have never pulled uh, uh, pulled him off. But I, I was conflicted there about whether they would go uh, six or five there. Right. All right, offensive line. And I think the one thing we nailed here and it really kind of pegged for a while, the nine offensive linemen that we thought were going to be kept were the nine that were kept. And again, we'll see if anything changes. It could, so I don't want to get too high on our horse here, but I think these will be the nine and the tackles, Dan Moore Jr., Chuck Bumar-Korfor, Broderick Jones, Dylan Cook, interior offensive line, Isaac Sayamalu, James Daniels, Mason Cole, Nate Herbick, Spencer Anderson. Obviously, Anderson is versatile. Cook was playing tackle and guard, but these are the nine we thought they were going to keep, and these are the nine they, they initially kept. Look, uh, hopefully our uh, hopefully our listeners were able to make a little money off this one, or, or at least educate their buddies at the bar uh, when it comes to Dylan Cook here. Uh, you know, I think he was one of I don't know. You wrote up like what five or six uh, uh, guys uh, sleepers to watch ahead of uh, training camp. There, Dylan Cook was one of them. You fast forward into training camp and all the tracking uh, that you did of uh, did of him. Uh, in there, and and that really uh, uh, helped me to kind of zero in on what happens with him uh, during the preseason. There, I think we even saw him move up in 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 some rotations. There, obviously played three uh, three positions during the preseason. Thought he played. Look, we came out of that Tampa Bay game talking. Hey, we both went. Hey, uh, you know, uh, you know who played well in that game? Uh, Dylan Cook, and I think he just put together a tremendous uh, preseason overall. That position flexibility that he has. Uh, the Steelers value that kind of stuff there uh, was not so obviously we both had him on the 53 man roster. Uh, a lot of people are going to learn. You have a, I think a nice article up uh, or, or one of the guys does 
on 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 who you know meet uh, meet meet Dylan Cook uh, on the site this morning. Uh, I would imagine there's going to be a long. A uh, couple of interview clips to come out uh, of him uh, uh, the rest of this week as well too. So uh, k- kudos to him because this was a guy mm-hmm. that you know has already played some in the NFL, and you know co- you know uh, that's why Alex gets mad when anybody says the, you know don't call these guys camp bodies. Yep. yep. Yeah, because you never know who might who might make it. Obviously, most of these guys don't, but usually somebody does off your 90-man roster, and this year it's still uncooked. I mean, one of the best stories, but a guy that certainly earned that spot. And while I didn't nail my 53 as much as I would have liked to, and I think you did, did a better job predicting it than me, I'll pat myself on the back for, for Dylan Cook because I had him on my 53 after the Bills game. Even I think I was one of the first people to put Dylan Cook on the 53-man roster, but I think he made it for the versatility. Uh, his athleticism, the really good feet that he has, good technique, good punch, showing he could play left guard. And just again, going back to the conversation earlier, the scarcity of offensive line talent in the NFL, you don't wave a young, athletic, talented player that's developmental like Dylan Cook. He's going to, someone's going to claim him. Somebody's going to need an offensive lineman. Somebody's going to pick him up. And so for that, for his play, for some right tackle depth, because, you know, Broderick Jones really can't be the backup right tackle right now. All those reasons Dylan Cook makes it, and it's just a wonderful story. He was literally a quarterback at Montana State Northern in 2017, becomes an offensive lineman, transfers to Montana, goes undrafted. He's working at Walmart whenever he finds out Tampa Bay is going to sign him. was in Tampa Bay last year. He gets cut in May. He's a you know mid-May ad by Pittsburgh, and then third string to start training camp, works his way up, makes the 53. It's a really cool story. Right, right. Look, we uh, people people who listen know that we've been talking about him for for a couple of weeks now. Yeah, and then Anderson making it for his versatility. I think his spot was probably less in question heading into to cut downs here, but he's a guy that you know did well and a lot on your plate for a rookie to play all five spots in camp and everything but left tackle in the preseason. I I don't want to overlook how difficult that is for a guy. And I know he did that at Maryland. And so it's not brand new to him, but in the NFL at this level to do that and the way Pittsburgh moved him around, you know, throughout a practice and throughout a game, that is heavy. And I thought Anderson really answered the call. I, I agree and 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 played four four positions during the preseason there, everything but uh but left tackle. I imagine if you got in a pinch, uh he could give you some snaps there. Hopefully we don't have to see that. Look, the main takeaway here this nine is better than the la- than, than the nine that they had last year, and the nine before that, and you know <laughs> so on. So yeah, it, it's it's a, a glow up as the kids like to say. All right, is that, Dave, they, is that what they say? That's what I hear at least. Let's flip over to the defense and the defensive line, and they did keep seven, and there was the big debate about who would be the odd man out, and the odd man out was nose tackle Braden Foco, the team keeping five defensive ends slash defensive tackles, and Cam Hayward. Larry Ogunjobi, DeMarvin Leal, Isaiah Loudermilk, and Armand Watts, and keeping the two nose tackles among Travis Adams and Keanu Benton. So kudos to you. I believe you had this one perfectly right. I went for Hoko over Watts. In the end, they decided, and I understand it, let's keep a couple more defensive ends as opposed to having those three nose tackles down the middle. I think uh, Terrell Austin, you know, kind, kind of said uh, uh, last week there, you know, going to have some tough cuts where we're, uh, when it came to that group, uh, as we talked, I think ahead of time, there were like three guys that you could mix and match two of them staying and one being out. Right. You know, mm-hmm. and, and that's a good problem to have, uh, over there. Anytime that you're, you're making it really, really tough where it's not just like six or 
you know, or, or seven definitives and then the also rans, uh, it, it, that, that ended up being a good problem to have. Uh, I just, uh, We'll, we'll see what happens to Fo. I would I would think that they would like to get him back to the practice squad uh, if if he clears waivers, but that that might happen. We'll we'll probably know by the end of the day there. But uh, I just didn't see enough out of Fajoko. If had I seen more tape on him during the preseason, maybe I would have uh, kept him. But uh, I liked uh, the, the 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 pass rush pressure ability of Watts a little bit more uh, overall, and and that's why I went that way. But once again, I think you could have taken uh, three guys: Watts, Fahoko, and Loudermilk, mm-hmm. and 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 pick two of those in any different scenario with the third guy being out, and you know, as a whole, wouldn't have gotten much pushback from me. Right. That was the calculation. I think I tweeted it out before the cutdowns were official. You know, uh, two spots for three guys, Slaughter, Milk, Watts, and Fahoko. They keep the ends, and there's probably a bit more value in terms of the rotation and depth. And Slaughter, Milk, a bit better against the run. Watts, a better pass rusher, better athlete. And so those guys, in a sense, complement each other well. And Fahoko, you know, he's a, a more limited player. I think he's a good run defender, very good at the job that he does, but it is more limited. You have Adams, you have Benton. It wouldn't be a great way to get Fahoko out there unless there were a couple of injuries. So I understand that perspective there, but I bet you it was a really tough cut. And as you said, they may bring Fahoko back. All right. All right. Uh, outside linebacker, very chalk here. Not much to talk about. TJ Watt, Alex Highsmith, Marcus Golden, and Nick Herbig. These have been the four for quite some time. Right. And it'll be interesting to see, you would think at least one on the practice squad, maybe even two, uh, 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 going that route. I, I think there's some buzz that maybe Perales, uh, will we'll be at least one outside linebacker on the practice squad. We'll find out later today, but uh, this four was going to be the four. Yep, and I think they'll keep two on the practice squad. you got a 16-man group there. Gold may get some veteran birth certificate uh, contusion days, and TJ Watt may get you know dinged up here and there, so you probably keep two on your practice squad. Uh, inside linebacker, we did already talk about at the end of the show on, was that Monday, about Tanner Muse getting uh, waived, and that was uh, official by the team. And so the question became, okay, are they going to keep five inside linebackers with, uh, inside linebackers with Nick Witowski being the fifth or just keep four? And as of now, it's just four with Cole Holcomb, Landon Roberts, Quan Alexander, and Mark Robinson. Could somebody circle back? That is possible. But right now, they're just going to go with four. They're going to go eight linebackers total right right now, which seems uh, pretty light for them. Yeah, uh, the, uh, the number total uh, played a part, obviously, because generally, uh, now in the past day, I think they have kept eight before. But uh, look, I, I consider this a mild upset. People are saying, you know, people will say, ah, it's it's just, it's just Tanner Muse or it's just Nick Nick Kwiatkowski. Yeah, look, th- those aren't marquee uh, players by any, any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I I you you would have won a couple. Of, you would have won a cold drink off me if you would have told me that neither Muse or Kwiatkowski uh, makes it as a fifth inside linebacker for 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 special teams purposes. There, so uh, in the grand scheme of th- things, is this a uh, uh, spit your coffee over your uh, out out all over your monitor uh, type move. No, uh, not anywhere close to it. But I I really was anticipating a fifth inside linebacker for special teams help uh, to be to be kept here. Now last year the initial I believe had only four as well. I want to double check here, but I believe that Marcus Allen was was cut and then brought back as part of some of the IR maneuvering. Does that sound? Uh, that right? does sound correct, sir. Yeah, so they did end up keeping five, but just four initially. Now, 
we're I don't know if there's going to be an IR guy this year. You know, maybe something could could shock us. Uh, but as of right now, you know, last year was pretty obvious about Austin and Demonte Casey that those guys were going to begin the year on injured reserve. There aren't any obvious names like that. But again, I'll keep repeating it, and I know that we're going to get our answers here pretty soon. This thing's fluid. This is not going to be the 53 they take to uh, San Francisco or whenever San Francisco comes to Pittsburgh, I should say more accurately. But, you know, we'll see if somebody comes back. You don't speak in absolutes now uh, (laughs) when it it comes to initial 53 and week one uh, 53. I have have learned uh, not to do that over the years. Mm -hmm. All right, at corner, and this group is probably not written in pen and no absolutes here, as we just mentioned with the Desmond King signing, whose roster spot could this impact? We'll wait and see. Again, reporting this year Wednesday morning. But the six as of now and initially, Patrick Peterson, Levi Wallace, Joey Porter Jr., James Pierre, Elijah Riley, and Chandon Sullivan. And those are the six we expected to be initially kept. And now we wait. And now we wait. That's about <laughs> that's about all the analysis. Uh, and yeah. obviously, you know, uh, how do you shoehorn uh, 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 Desmond into this, and and who goes? And but uh, I, I, at least as as far as the fifty three man, the initial fifty three man went. Uh, to me, you know, I and both of us really really not a surprise there. And kudos to them for going out already on a guy. You know, Desmond King didn't have to clear waivers or anything like that. He's got to be ecstatic to probably come uh, be a part of this defense. At this point, yeah, leave Houston to come to Pittsburgh and contend, and and a good scheme fit for him overall. He's going to play in the slot, he's going to get to be aggressive, and he's a good run defender and blitzer. And so that's going to be right at home for him. All right, at safety, pretty non eventful, uneventful too, with Minka Fitzpatrick, DeMonte Casey, Keanu Neal, Miles Killebrew being being the four, Kenny Robinson, one of the camp darlings, was released, and Trey Norwood has been released as well. Robinson faded in the preseason, and Norwood had that leg injury, never really got back. I mean, he got back in the finale against Atlanta, but just too little too late for Trey Norwood. Maybe he's the guy that you, uh, that you circle back, uh, to the practice squad, Trey Norwood. Yeah. I wouldn't, would not shock me at this point, but, um, we'll just have to, I mean, they're going to add some safety help. I think, I think Trenton Thompson's going to get signed. He was uh, released. Well, I think he's going to come back to the practice squad. I think they like his tenacity and he's got some ball skills and maybe, I mean, are they going to have all three safeties? You think to the practice squad with, with Norwood Robinson and Thompson, that that feels maybe one too heavy. Yeah. And, and are any of those guys going to get, you know, claimed or anything like that? Because, uh, uh, a couple of them might have a little bit of special teams, but I haven't looked across, you know, uh, the landscape of the rosters across the league there. But uh, I'll tell you this, one of those three is going to be on a practice squad. How about that shot call? <laughs> yeah, there you go. I think you're going to rest easy with that uh, declaration there. So special teams, usually it's pretty nondescript. You go through the names, you move on. But right now there's some intrigue here. There's four specialists on this roster as of 1014 a.m. on Wednesday. Probably won't be the case by 10.14 a.m. on Thursday, but right now, kicker Chris Boswell, check. Long, long sniper Christian Kuntz, check. Two punters, Presley Harvin and Braden Mann. So Pittsburgh has not made a decision, and there's not been any finality on the punter situation. We assume they're trying to work a trade. There's rumors out there. We'll just wait and see. Yeah, and I believe the Eagles don't have a punter right now, and I think that uh, goes back to a couple of days ago. Who was it? Adam Kaplan, I think, uh, um, uh, might have been the one that uh, said you know, Steelers might trade one of their punters. And look, you got two uh, former Ray Guy Award winners there. Uh, in 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 Har- I would be shocked if 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 Harvin's the one that's that's shipped off, but. 
uh, you, ne you, you, you never know here. But I, I thought Harvin, as we already talked about, represented himself better during the preseason. I thought Mann came along uh, well in that in, 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 in that preseason finale there. Uh, the Eagles uh, apparently were one of the teams that attempted to claim Man off of waivers way back uh, when 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 the Steelers beat him to the punch uh, on that. So this might be just uh, a move by Omar Khan, just hold, holding the cards as, as long as possible, and and maybe the uh, the Eagles trying to call his bluff, thinking well he'd, they're probably going to waive him anyway. But even so, the Eagles would have been down in the waiver wire order, right? So there was yeah. uh, uh, no guarantee that they get him. Maybe they, maybe the two sides said, "Yo, is there is there any way that you can probably hold on to him uh, 24, 48 hours and let let let, let us look at the land, landscape?" I, I, I'll say this: they know they have uh, commodities uh, in one of the. Uh, both of them, both those punters overall. So uh, it's going to be interesting push come to shove here in these next whatever hours here. Heck, by the time we get on off off the end of this podcast, you know, if we drag this thing long out long <laughs> enough here, uh, I would think though that man's the one that's going to go. Hopefully, mm -hmm. they get sixth or seventh round pick for him. Yeah, that's cl clearly what they're trying to do. But I guess if you're if you're Philadelphia, I mean, you can kind of wait this thing out a little bit because, you know, everyone's going to find their punter today and they're going to either do the waiver claims or their signings. And at some point, Pittsburgh's going to cut a punter. So I know Philly, you're right, is I guess what next to last in the uh, in the waiver order. But, you know, eventually if, if if the other 31 teams find their punter, then you just wait for Pittsburgh to release man. You claim him and you probably get him. So, I mean, there is this kind of a you know, staring contest or they just, because if, if a deal was going to happen, why didn't it happen yesterday? I guess is my question. Like what's the holdup? Well, Omar Khan has it blinked. Uh, he ripped his eyelids off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There you go. The Mike Tomlin literal <laughs> phrase there. So we'll, Omar, we'll see. Omar's going to win this. Omar, Omar wins all these. That's, that's a fair point. So yeah, you, you think that's what Pittsburgh's intent is. Is there, is there any chance that Harvin is the one who ends up getting dealt here and not Braden man? I'm not going to emphatically sit here and say there's no way Harvin's not the one shipped off. I would be a bit surprised, but uh, I have learned not not to do that. Uh, I would say I would say it's ninety eight point nine 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 percent chance that Harvin stays. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm with you. I mean, I think Man is the obvious guy to go. I think Harvin did win that job relatively comfortably, but you just you just never know right now with the uh, fluidity of the situation. Okay. All right, so that is the uh, initial 53 practice squad. By the time people listen to this, you probably should know a decent chunk of the practice squad. I believe you're kind of hear about those things throughout the morning and especially after the noon hour, which is probably be, you know, by the time people listen to this, but we'll have a tracker on Steelers Depot. It's up right now. Um, that has the practice squad reported signings whenever the team makes its initial uh, list. It may not be the full 16 initially, maybe you know, 12 or 13 or 14 with some mix of the, obviously the internal guys that just got cut and maybe some external additions as well. All right. Good fit. I mean, look, uh, uh, however, this 53 shapes out here before week one should be a, a very uh, strong 53 in my opinion. Yeah, I think if you compare it to last year, the roster just looks, I was looking last night, it just looks a whole lot better. And that was even before the Desmond King signing, whatever happens with Brayden Mann and whatever the mechanisms are for all of that. So, I mean, this roster just kind of gets better and better. 
Uh, look, I mean, my, uh, we, we talked the other day. Uh, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see how you can't be pretty excited. I think this team started to get a little respect in the, in the national media as well, too. Look, my personally, uh, from where I was coming out of last year, uh, to where this thing sits right now with this team, uh, even, 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 12 year old Dave's, uh, 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 resurfaced in this thing. Now, uh, it, it, uh, and look, I, I, I understand there, there are, there are guys like Schrager and, and, and Brant and, you know, some of these major media guys that it just seems like regardless of the situation, uh, they're going to, they're, they're going to say, yeah, the, you know, you're too much disrespect for the, either that or, you know, they, they just are a lot smarter, <laughs> uh, overall. I mean, I think you even saw Nick Wright and people say who's Nick Wright, but you know, obviously has his own show and has had it for a while. I think Colin Coward in so many words has tried to backhanded compliment them in, 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 in to give them some, some respect. Uh, to me, there's absolutely no reason to think that this team won't go over eight and a half wins where we sit right now. And anybody that has them picked to finish last in in in, in the AFC North, I, I think is just absolutely foolish right now. Now, look, things happen along the way, injuries, yada, yada and all. But uh, uh, I, I'm fully expecting this team to make the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, I know last year we both picked Pittsburgh to go 8-9. and I don't think that's going to happen again for either of us. I don't know what your record prediction is. I don't know what my record prediction will be, but I don't think it's going to be eight wins, I'll tell you that much. Right, right, I agree. I mean, this is a good 53 from where we sit right now. Yeah, any other final thoughts from a busy yesterday? And thank you to everyone who visited the site. It was a great day for the site, and our whole team did an unbelievable job. But, yeah, I think it's a a good roster to get picks for Dotson, to get picks for Green, to hopefully get something for a punter and Brayden man. That's stockpiling stuff. I mean, that is is just the way you want to do it, a cut down. Whenever you have a roster that has a surplus, you deal those guys for picks. You have a good team overall. You add in Desmond King. I mean, that is just checking every box of how you want cut downs to go. Yeah, kudos, uh, kudos to uh, Omar Khan and 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 you know obviously the rest of the staff the way they've handled this thing this off season here and we'll find out we'll be talking about a diff- different fifty three mm-hmm. uh, come uh, come what's today uh, come Friday so uh, it'd be interesting to see what those conversations look like. All right, Dave, we should get this episode out as soon as possible because it might get outdated here pretty soon. So any uh, quick reader emails you want to get to to close out today's show? Uh, real quick about a salary cap situation oh, sure. uh, uh, with this team here. Uh, it's good. It's good. There's, but wait, there's more. <laughs> uh, this team, as best as I can tell, look, here, here's one thing I'm waiting on still. The, uh, the Hakeem Butler injury settlement which I think is going to match the one for, for Cody White. Even if it doesn't, it's going to be close. It's going to be uh, negligible as far as the the uh, the difference of the amount there. Uh, the best as I can tell right now, and this is pre-addition uh, of, uh, of, of, of Desmond King, uh, this team sits a little more than $9.7 million under the salary cap as of that initial 53 man roster. Obviously you've got the, uh, uh, the practice squad that needs to be built. That's going to eat up almost $4 million of that. So if we took, let's say 9.7 and, and, and 
uh, uh, took away, you know, four million from that. Uh, you're looking at about 5.7 million uh, uh, under the cap. The big question is, is how much room does Omar Khan want to have in free salary cap space uh, uh, to enter the season? There, that that that's the big question, and that will ultimately decide what happens with uh, T.J. Watt here uh, in 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 the coming days. Even if they do have to uh, uh, restructure. Uh, his contract uh, at this point, it, it obviously probably wouldn't be a full restructure. They might only need three or four million dollars, but uh, all this is going to do, uh, be decided by, uh, you know, how, how much uh, Omar Khan wants to go into the season with in, in, in salary cap space. Yeah, we'll be watching that. And, you know, you said, I mean, when do you think of what restructure would happen if it were to happen? I mean, any, soon, any, obviously. I mean, any, any soon, any, any time before uh, uh, we, you know, the, the, uh, the first game. Okay. And I guess we'll have to see what the Desmond King deal is. I don't imagine that's a, a terribly expensive one year contract. Could that be for the minimum, do you think? I mean, Khan's been able to kind of do these things with Marcus Gold and with Quan Alexander. Could this thing be a, a, a little bit above that number? Any idea what that one year one year deal is? I mean, look you like look it? at guys like Golden and 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 Quan Alexander. I would expect that deal to match that one. To be honest with you. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I I believe it. So obviously, we will need that number to kind of put into your spreadsheet. But you know, it's a good lay of the land right now. And I think, I mean, overall, just kind of black and white, you would consider the Pittsburgh Steelers to be in good salary cap shape. Oh yeah, look, I mean, yeah, and and they did have to restructure the contract of Minka, you know, obviously earlier in 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 the offseason here and uh even if once again, if they have to restructure any of of the Watt contract, uh I wouldn't expect it to be a full one uh there and if they get out of this without having to touch touch it at all, e- e- you know, obviously even the better. Okay, good deal. All right, Dave, any reader emails here to quickly close out uh, today's show? Yeah, we got a handful of them in here. You can bet on that. Uh, right. Let's see here if I can sort this out. Uh, Nick Shuley writes in, first of all, was a tad surprised to see the Colts cut Darius Rush. Do you think the Steelers might try to scoop him up? Second for Dave, I'm going to be in Vegas the last weekend in September for a bachelor party. Uh, staying at uh, the Tropicana, flying home, blah, blah, blah. Would you maybe know of a Steelers-specific bar out there could catch the game at uh, that morning? You want to go to uh, Noreen's Bar and Lounge on... Uh, I believe on Tropicana uh, is where it's at. That's the uh, uh, biggest Steelers hangout uh, uh, in, in 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 Las Vegas there. So definitely look up Noreen's uh, once you get to Vegas. Uh, the first part of your question, look, Darius Rush was a guy that, another guy that Joe Clark had on his list of five or six guys the Steelers could look at. I understand uh, the draw there, but uh, obviously you sent this before this uh, team uh, uh, signed uh, Desmond King. So at this point, I would be a little bit surprised if Darius Rush was an ad. Me too. And I know that was sent before the King news came in. I mean, I think I, I like Rush a ton out of South Carolina. Surprised. He might have been the, the highest rookie who got uh, waived this year, uh, I, I believe. But um, I, I think he's going to get waiver claimed by somebody ahead of Pittsburgh. Uh, another one from Dante. It's another one about uh, Darius Rush Rush here. Uh, he's apparently missed five practices, camp with a shoulder injury, hip, final preseason, blah, blah, blah. 
uh, it's just another question about uh, uh, Darius Rush. So, uh, Dante, a lot of people are thinking uh, like 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 you thought there. Charles Munger writes in, want to follow up on something Dave mentioned on a previous podcast. He is correct in that these things tend to work themselves out. Uh, but if injuries don't happen, I do see Broderick Jones becoming the starting left tackle. He says after the bye week in week seven, then I see Dan Moore Jr. practicing exclusively at right tackle and becoming the starting right tackle in week 10 after the 10 day break. To me, that is the best five offensive line uh, on the roster is Jones, Sayamalo, Cole, Daniels, and Moore Jr. Uh, thanks. Look, uh, we got a long way. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, once again, I'll go back to what I always say. These things have a, a you know way of working themselves out, whether it be injuries, whether it be poor play by a player, uh, specifically at one of the two tackle uh, positions. I mean, at this point, the main focus that, to me, uh, Charles would be, man, look at look look at the nine that they kept here. You know, and obviously Dylan Cook might be in. You know, you would hope that you don't even have to put him in uniform uh, this year. But if you do, you've got a guy that 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 you know played both tackle spots uh, during uh, during the preseason. There, you all, you obviously got a position flexible guy in, in in Spencer Anderson. I I think we're jumping too far ahead to get to week week ten <laughs> uh, as to figuring out who 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 the starting offensive line uh, will be and what what the best combo will be. It just trust me, these this will work out and it'll be obvious along the way. Yeah, let's get to week one first. And I mean, who knows? Maybe that happens. I think the whole, you know, bye week happens. You make a bunch of changes on the depth chart is probably overstated. This team was bad last year. I don't know how many changes were made post bye week in terms of the depth chart. They they definitely, you know, had a kind of meeting of the minds and whatever, you know, resetting and 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 kind of calling together their philosophy, but they were making a bunch of changes throughout the season earlier in the year because they were struggling so much. And obviously Kenny Pickett was a Midweek four, you know, he gets the nod there. So it's not always clean. Okay, bye week, let's make the change. Usually those things might come earlier than that, but injuries and play will dictate a bunch of that. So who the heck knows what will happen? All right. Uh, Dave and Alex, two quick thoughts I want to run past you. Do you think it makes sense to put Larry Ogan Joby on the PUP list uh, to start the season or perhaps IR designated return? First and foremost, has has him. Uh, sorry, mispronounced it there. Uh, he's not eligible for the PUP list. Uh, so if they did anything with Larry Ogan Joby at this point right now, it would have to be IR with designated to return. There's, he says that would temporarily solve the dilemma around which defensive lineman to keep on the 53. This obviously came in 21 hours ago, uh, here. So, uh, I, I think we're past that first port portion of your question has him. Uh, why not? Number two, why not play Broderick Jones and Dan Moore at times together? For example, in 12 personnel, blah, 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 two tight ends, be Jones and uh, Washington while keeping more and Chooks uh, as your look, you could, you could quite specifically see some, some heavy groupings. You're not going to see a lot of it this way, but might this be a way to get a third tackle on the field, Alex? I, I guess that's kind of where he's going mm-hmm. here. Yeah, I mean, they've messed with that before, um, the whole, you know, 72 reporting eligible for Zach Banner. I, I guess I can't rule it out, but with all the skilled guys you have and a big guy in Darnell Washington that kind of looks like a six tackle, but obviously can catch, he's going to offer more in, in that respect. So I'm not really thinking about that or expecting or counting on that, but, you know, I guess I can't rule that out. Right. 
I mean, it, 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 it's something worth, we'll, we'll definitely be charting and it's something to, to think about uh, the further on, you know, get along into the season, those kind of things there. But I mean, it wouldn't surprise me to see uh, you have three tackles on the field in certain situations here. It won't be a ton yeah. of them. I guess in like, if you wanted to kind of go 13 personnel, since, you know, Gentry's not on the roster and probably wouldn't have been active and Connor Hayward's not going to necessarily be that blocker in, you know, third and goal from the one yard line type stuff. Yeah, I I, I guess I could see that, but it's going to be a very small dose if it does occur. All right. uh, One last one from Jeff Berg. I think it's pretty impressive what Omar Khan and his team did in his first draft. It looks like all the picks are going to make the roster except Corey Trice Jr., of course, due to injury. Likely he would have made the team, he says. How do you feel about it? Not, He says, not sure how many of Colbert's classes had all players make the team, so I'm not sure how common this is. Look, I mean, it's, it, it, it's a good draft class. Uh, there, there weren't many times where, where a complete draft class made, made you know, uh, all made the roster during, you know, Kevin Colbert's uh, tenure. But I mean, that also speaks to maybe the rosters that they had at the time uh, there as well, too. It's obviously way too early to judge this draft class right now. But I mean, uh, as much as you can judge it at this point right now, it looks pretty impressive indeed. Yeah. And I'm going to write something uh, probably, I don't know how to, how I want to approach it, but a lot of roster turnover. There are, by my count, 18 players on the initial 53 who were not Pittsburgh Steelers a season ago. And I ran some numbers based on Colbert in his last couple of years. And that's uh, definitely an increased number from where Colbert uh, and his turnover typically was at. So you're really seeing a lot of roster churn and really improving, I think, the depth and even some of the starting positions of this roster. And that's before the Desmond King signing, whatever else may be ahead. So it's certainly a different roster. And you can look at that with the eye test and the data all tells you that. Right, right. Okay, I think we got through uh, the emails there, Alex. So anything else? We're about, what are we, about an hour here? Yeah, about an hour. We got practice squad. We got the the King signing to be official and the moves that come from that and what happens with man and who knows what else is going to occur. So busy, busy day. I know some of this information may be a little outdated by the time you listen to it. Remember, we're recording this here Wednesday morning, but hopefully uh, the bulk of the information is accurate and hopefully you guys enjoyed it. All right. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Steeders Depot. Follow Alex at Alex underscore Kazora. Follow the show at Terrible Podcast. Email the show, theterriblepodcast at gmail.com. If you like what we do and want to donate to the cause, steedersdepot.com, hit the donate button, upper right navigational bar. Also, if you want an ad free version of the site, steedersdepot.com, hit the ad free button, upper right navigational bar. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for all the support and on Twitter and social, uh, Facebook people and, and obviously the site. And I mean, it's just, been, it's been an amazing month of uh, August, and uh, a shout out once again to all of our uh, fine staff and all. They've been uh, they've worked pretty ty- tirelessly uh, over the course of this month. And kudos to you, Alex, again on a fantastic training camp. Uh, enjoy the preseason. Enjoy you know. There's not much not to like uh, all, all the way around here. So uh, until Friday, as always, thanks for listening to the Terrible Podcast with Dave and Alex. 